Hello and welcome to VChat number 49. I am honored to be with Mr. Aaron Delph of cloudcast.net, fame and cohesity. How are you doing, Aaron? Hey, how's it going, David? How are you today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks so much for taking some time to chat today. Um, tell me, you've got some big news. You know, I, I heard that you've got a big job change that happened not too long ago. Um, yeah. Yep. Tell us about yep. your new gig. Yeah, so I I joined Cohesity uh, recently. I, I left uh, Solid Fire after a you know really good run, um, and uh, Solid Fire, of course, acquired by NetApp, and then uh, decided you know I did that, and then helped launch the NetApp HCI product, and then um, left and went over to to Cohesity. I mean, you know, I was kind of I just started looking for opportunities, you know. I'd, as I was kind of coming up on that, you know, four years with Solid Fire, and, and kind of had figured, okay, I I, I just kind of got that itch um, to go do, you know, the the startup thing again. And, and you know, for those that haven't done it, um, startups are they're a double edged sword at times. You know, they they are a great run if if you get a, a great run, and they are heartaches and misery if you don't. And <laughs> um, but but no matter what, it's the joining a company when they're they're getting ready to grow and scale that tends to be when i join there's all these different stages and you can you know kind of go and you know figure out what kind of person you are and what personality you are and when to join a startup but i tend to be that okay we're early on got a good product and we need to scale and i tend to be one of those people that can come in build a team put in the process and procedures and go from you know, a, a typically I tend to join the companies when there are a couple hundred employees and, and, you know, revenue generated in the, you know, single to tens of millions. And then how do you get them to hundreds of millions, right? And right. how do you make that jump? And so uh, the Cohesity uh, presented itself as, as something that was a really good opportunity and, and really good tech that I was super interested in. And, and actually a space I think solves a problem, makes a difference. So I was, I jumped in on board with both feet and it has been, nights and weekends and you know everything that comes with the stereotypes of startups ever since but it's been a great ride so far cool cool yeah i mean i think that's smart you don't want to get in with a startup where you're like in charge of technical technical marketing and human resources and bookkeeping too you know uh, you want to get right. in at a point where you have some momentum and you can really make a difference and you're not just you can focus on on something um so i think that's really cool and cohesity i've, I've learned a lot about cohesity over the years and well, I, I don't know how many years it's been around now, actually, but the last few years, actually, the last couple of years, and I've been yep. really impressed with what you all are doing. Um, so tell me, I mean, when you talk to customers about Cohesity, and, and I should point out, we're going to get to the, the podcasting and Cloudcast stuff here in just a minute, minute for everyone listening. Um, yep. We're not going to just talk about Cohesity, but when you talk to customers about Cohesity, what, what are kind of some of the use cases? Where do, where do they get excited about? Yeah. So w the most interesting thing, and this was the thing for me that really kind of, you know, made the light bulb go off is, you know, we all come from the virtualization space, right? So I, you know, I'm assuming we, we you know, the audience here is a lot of virtualization folks and we all kind of grew up together in this community. And what's, what's really interesting is yes. Okay. Virtualization was really cool. We all kind of got on board and we all drink the Kool-Aid and we've all kind of ridden these waves. And that's something we can talk about when we get to the podcast portion too. There's always all these different waves. Um, but one thing that has fundamentally stayed a problem and an issue is 
backup and large amounts of data and in ingestion of large amounts of data and then analytics into that data? Like how do you take all, everything in the data center, put it in one place and then find that needle in the haystack? Right. And yeah. so for, for me, Cohesity, the two big reasons I joined is there was two big problems it solved. Number one is that the analytics and finding that needle in the haystack and making sense of all of that data, bringing order to all of that data, that was one. And the second one for the, the virtualization folks to get a little geeky for a second is something we call Instant Mass Restore. Instant Mass Restore, think of it as an application domain, a set of VMs, you know, 10 VMs, 50 VMs, whatever we want auto-protecting them, and then being able to roll them back to a point in time instantly. So take 10 VMs and you know ransomware attack happens, bad patch Tuesday happens, something like that. How do you take all of that and say, okay, I want to roll it back to last Wednesday, click, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and have it become pretty close to instantly available and rolled back like that. Like, and that for me was the... You know, folks on the you know can uh, uh, recognize this. It was my V Motion moment. <laughs> it was that first time you ever saw a live demo of V Motion, and you went, "Oh wow, that's really cool!" Like the Instant Mass Restore for us is my equivalent of a V Motion moment for us to be able to. It's really, really powerful technology that when when virtualization admins in particular see that, they go, "Yep, I like that." Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, going back to my kind of data center days, I mean, you always had the SAN, which you put your production data on and spent a, a fortune on. Um, but then you started moving everything else to the SAN, and then the SAN developed this kind of over, overwhelming you know, data problem. Uh, didn't have enough performance, didn't have enough capacity. And I think a lot of companies still struggle with that. And to me, Cohesity solves that problem by you know, protecting the data, offloading the data, making the data searchable, analytics, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I know for virtualization admins, specifically Cohesity, um, does a, makes restores possible that otherwise would be extremely painful. Like, uh, isn't there like vCenter, some sort of... That's right. Yeah, we actually have, and um, you'll have to, I don't have the, any links handy, but maybe we can kind of dig them up. But that we actually did, and actually it was started over one of our SEs over in, in, in Europe started it. Mm-hmm. It was the, um, your vCenter is down, now what? So, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, how do you not just protect the environment, uh, you know, the, your, your VMs, but how do you protect, you know, your vCenter just turned into a big smoking crater. How do you get it back? And how do you get it back quickly? Right. Uh, and and so it was. It's a super interesting video and and presentation. Um, that that again is you know how do we add value to the virtualization community? Yeah, yeah. And I saw you can even do that for VMware Cloud on AWS with Cohesity. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Some very cool stuff there. So tell me about this team that you're building at Cohesity. You got any openings? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> um, so it, it's interesting. So the, the you know the title is um, I, I run a a, a a set of teams, if you will, called Technical uh, Solutions Marketing, and a um, little bit of everything. So you know my background has always been solutions, background of solutions and converged infrastructure, solutions back working for a reseller in the you know when the the stacks weren't even converged infrastructure. It was like hey, go buy some Dell servers, um, a NetApp SAN, and some VMware and put it all together, right? And E plus, that's what I meant. Yes, you worked it, at e plus. It, was, yes it was E plus technology way back in the day. And typically with like, I don't know, some Linksys or HP switches, right? Like it, you, right. the combinations you see would just boggle your mind. But you start to get that 
solutions hat developed with that kind of experience of everything is a jigsaw puzzle, right? Like at the end of the end, you need solutions and you need an application and you want to solve the problems for the business. But the infrastructure is nothing more than jigsaw puzzle pieces. And do they fit together or do they not? And that's something that has been my career and my passion and in starting these teams and kind of building them up is, is what I really like to do. And so we have a number of teams and a number of openings that is exactly that. It's, it's technical marketing, it's competitive, it is, you know, field architect kind of roles that are both inward facing in the labs, like go design those solutions and then go evangelize and talk and, and, and enable other folks to then learn about that and scale it as well. So yeah, that's kind of the mission and the goal of the team right now. Awesome. Awesome. And, and I know Yeah, and I, I'm hiring. I, I, I can't keep up with my hiring right now. We're we're kind of in a hyper growth stage. Again, startups are fun, but they're also, you know, I was a I was up till very late last night just working on a hiring plan and trying to get Rex open fast enough. Um so it's uh it's it's definitely an interesting time to be in the industry. Wow. And I understand Cohesity just opened a new rally North Carolina office, which is growing. Yeah. So, so for those that, that, that don't know, um, I'm located in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I was joking with David before we hit record. Um, I haven't worked in an office actually since my E plus days um, here in Raleigh. So it's been over 10 years. And so it's, it's kind of weird having an office here in town. I'm used to managing remote teams and I'm used to getting on planes a lot, but it's nice to have an office again. It's nice to have a desk with my name on it. And, you know, if it's a, if it's a, a you know, maybe not so much a snow day, but, a, you know, a teacher work day here with the kids in the house, our house in the neighborhood tends to be the house where everyone <laughs> congregates to. And you can see, I just moved, there's boxes back here and I've got a sheet over the window um, because I don't have any blinds up yet. But, <laughs> but we, you know, we tend to have that house and, 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 you know, I would actually have to go work to, you know, in a Starbucks for the day or go, you know, to a Panera for the day because there was nowhere for me to go. And to have that home that I can go and, and just work in sometimes is, is actually really nice. And again, employee 12, I think, in the office. And we're supposed to probably do somewhere in the neighborhood of somewhere between 60 to 100 uh, by the end of the year. So hiring, uh, you know, a lot of teams, not just uh, my team there, but, but a lot of other teams as well in the Raleigh office. Great, great. Well, I'll put a link in the show notes to Cohesity's career page. Uh, I bet there's a lot of IT professionals out there who would be excited to go work on a, at a startup, um, work on a growing team. So that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and just put in there when you apply, tell them you, you saw it with, with David and Aaron. <laughs> okay, all right, cool. So um, moving from Cohesity, I know we've got about 10 minutes left in the show. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your podcast, thecloudcast.net. Um, how long has it been going on? I, I noticed you're up to 344 episodes. <laughs> yeah, that, that number is starting to boggle my mind as well. Um, yeah, so, so for those that aren't familiar with it, we've been doing the podcast for about seven years now. Um, it's Brian Gracely and myself. And we started it because we had some jobs at the time we were in, you know, in the convergent infrastructure space, but we saw this, this thing called the cloud, you know, like, kind of air quotes, the cloud, right? And, and so depending on what the definition was. And so we had people talking public cloud, people talking private cloud, people talking, you know, back in the day, this was CloudStack, OpenStack, um, you know, Eucalyptus, which is a, you know, way throwback. And then even hardware companies like Nebula and all these, uh, you know, it was a great time to 
have a podcast where we talked about emerging startups in the cloud space. Um, mm -hmm. But every, you know, and then you kind of ride those technology waves because our goal was to, we wanted to learn being in Raleigh, you know, we're not in Silicon Valley. We wanted to learn and we wanted to share that information out with the community. And, the, you know, it, it was nice that the community was nice enough of we would reach out to folks and, and say, look, we don't we don't work in this space. We don't know that much about this space. Teach us. Yeah. And, and they did. And and that kind of grew. And it, we're to the point now where it's, yeah, seven, seven years, almost 350 episodes and, you know, episodes, uh, total downloads in the millions at this point, top top 100 typically in technology podcasts on iTunes. And it's been a really, really fun ride. And, and, you know, we kind of rode the cloud wave and we rode DevOps and then we rode containers and we rode serverless. And so we've, you know, whatever is new and interesting and, and fun uh, for us, or, you know, we're trying to always be learning and always be sharing. That's awesome. I mean, the, the VChat here, we've been going eight years now, and this is episode 49. So I hugely applaud your, your discipline to crank out episodes. Um, and also to stay on the bleeding edge kind of, of, of technology. I mean, you, you said you rode the different waves. I mean, I feel like the cloud wave isn't, it's not like it's over. Um, there's still so much, you know, to talk about. Yep. Um, and, well, and, but think yeah. about this too. So as so, it's it's you know, and maybe and this is something maybe we just stumbled on, but as these waves mature, then you know, think of it like you've got a bunch of startups, and 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 just like any any startup, you have a a certain set of winners, you have a certain set of losers, you have a certain set of ones that get acquired. Mm -hmm. That ecosystem kind of stabilizes, right? And well, what happens is when it stabilizes, you know, AWS doesn't always want to talk to us. Microsoft doesn't always want to talk. Now, don't get me wrong, that we've had guests on the show, but you, you can't have a podcast about cloud computing because there's just not that many guests left. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and it's fun to talk to the emerging folks because they're hungry. They're trying to solve problems and they're willing to talk to anyone. And so it's easy for us to get guests and it's interesting. So it, it was this nice natural intersection that developed over the yeah, that's a great point. And I mean, looking at the topics on the shows, they're, they're fascinating. I, I need to go and watch or listen to, to these. I mean, edge computing, artificial intelligence, um, really, really cool stuff. So, Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, if you're listening to this, this show and you haven't listened to the Cloudcast, then you need to go check it out. Um, so I want to get some, I mean, obviously you've been doing this a long time. You've been very successful at it. So I want to get some podcasting tips from you, if you don't mind. So yeah. how, how frequently do you record? Like when do you record? What, what works well? We, so, um, so a couple different tips. Um, first of all, um, publish consistently that I would say that's the number one thing is we tend to, and we, we've, we learned this lesson through the, the stats of, okay, we publish, it's a weekly podcast. We try and publish it every Thursday to Friday um, so that we try and keep the time down to 20, 30 minutes, keep it interesting so people don't lose focus these days. And so it's the length of a run, the length of a commute, the length of mowing grass. You know, we try and get it out before the weekend so people can consume it over the weekend. Um, but how do you stay consistent? That was the hardest thing. For us, um, a couple different things. 
we keep the editing to a minimum. We do, you know, unless Skype messes up or somebody says something they shouldn't and we, you know, they, we edit it out or, or something big happens, we publish as is. You know, we don't okay. fret over the audio quality. We don't fret over ums and ahs. And sometimes our viewers let us know, hey, there's a lot of ums in that episode. And we're like, yeah, yeah, there was. But <laughs> you know what? It was free and it was on time. Right. Um, and, and, and we try to be better in the live recording of it, but we're not taking it out in post. We just don't. And so for us, we can now do the research, hit record, talk to a guest, and then publish it within about 30 minutes of stopping publishing. Wow. Um, and so we have a very consistent workflow. It's documented. We have it down to go to this, click this, go to this, click this, upload this here, go. And that way, and then that's the other thing is, you know, you'll notice like sometimes Brian's on, sometimes I'm on here lately because of the new job. Brian's been on more than me. Sometimes we're on together. We don't require each other to be on the show. We are completely replaceable and we've designed it that way so that our workflow, our publishing, anyone can record, anyone can publish, anyone can do the research. So, so that way we, it allows us to stay consistent. Um, and so we've just done everything we can to make it as frictionless as possible over the years. And it's a lot of lessons learned. Don't get me wrong. The first episodes, probably four or five hours of research and then recording it. And then we did take out ums and ahs and fretted over audio <laughs> quality and it was four or five hours and, and it would take us like three weeks to publish a show because we just get, we're in, we just feel like, you know what, we're just, we're being too fussy unless somebody really, really complains or it's, you know, just unlistenable, we're just going to push it out the door. And it's the way we can stay consistent. Yeah, I think that's very, very smart. Uh, I mean, these podcasts aren't meant to be viewed by millions on Netflix in, in 4K quality, you know. Right. <laughs> exactly. And, and what we found too is um, to a limit, don't get me wrong, there is limits, but to a limit, um, listeners will excuse a certain amount of audio quality for good content. Right. Now, there is a limit to that because there is getting to be more and more podcast and there is more and more competition where, you know, like for instance, I, I um, decided to go look and look into some marketing podcasts recently and I was like, okay, I'm going to go see what's out there for marketing podcasts. And I downloaded, I don't know, five or 10 of them. First thing I did is my first barrier was, okay, do, you know, did they sound interesting and did they have good content? But then my next barrier was, was the quality of them. And I was like, okay, yeah, these two seem pretty good, but this one's a lot better audio quality. So then I deleted the other mm. one. Right? So like, how do you make it to the top um, of, of people's playlists is something that's constantly in mind. And these days the audio quality does matter. And that's why, you know, we've got them, you know, we, we invested in good mics and, and try and do everything we can to make the recording sound good the first time so that we don't have to clean as much up in post-production. Right, right. To you and Brian, like one of the ones I listened to years ago, uh, you said, we're sitting around my kitchen table. Right. <laughs> you and Brian. <laughs> so, Brian so there's a couple of things around that. We have, we have, so we have both our, you know, kind of remote gear that, and that's the one I'm talking to you on now. And then we actually have trade show gear, which is a set of four mics with a small recorder. And so we have a trade show kit. Um, I mean, it costs a couple hundred bucks. I mean, it's, it's really good quality actually. 
Um, so we depends on where we are and what we're doing. We have recorded them in person and we do have that. And then we have these as well, but there is a running joke. We always say the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. And <laughs> it was a running joke. And unfortunately, even the picture is lost to time because we posted it on Twitter and I don't think we saved it. And I even went back and it was one of those like photo bucket services that's no longer even around. So you can't even find the picture. I found the tweet, but the tweet's not there where we took a picture of the massive studio and what it was, it was a joke. It was Brian was working at Cisco and they had a really nice recording Cisco in it here in Raleigh. And we took a picture of that and posted that as that this is the recording studio. And we just did it as a joke. Some people believed us and we're like, wow, that's a, you spent a lot of money. And we're like, no, no, we didn't. <laughs> and and um, is converted into like a, you know, a leisure room or something like that ever since. So it's not even there anymore, but there was a picture one time of the massive studio, in it, but it's unfortunately <laughs> lost. Uh, but there is no massive studio, just so everyone knows. So do you guys record like just whenever your guests are available? Do you have a certain slot like every day or every week at 10 a.m. on Thursday? Or We've tried. And so that has actually um, goes through trends, I guess, is the easiest way to say it. And it honestly depends on our lives. So um, Brian and I both have uh, very active uh, daughters. And, you know, so sometimes, uh, you know, their, their activities in the evening, we would, they, we went through a phase where we only recorded at like nine o'clock or later at night, because the kids were home from activities and, you know, decently in bed or going to bed and to where we could record and we just kind of would shut doors. And so we would ask her, you know, a lot of them are Pacific. So we'd say, you know, Hey, six o'clock Pacific, can you record a podcast? And a lot of folks did. Um, but then, you know, activities kind of changed and then we kind of moved to, well, we're going to record during the day sometimes. And we did that for, but we did try and offer standardized times of we record every week at this time. Can you make it? Um, but now here lately, uh, Brian's career, he travels a lot. I travel a lot to where even that's out the window. So now we just kind of go, we schedule one and we send an invite to the other person. And if they can make it great, and if they don't, we record them and we just kind of dump them into a folder. And we've, you know, we have a backlog of probably, I don't know, three to four weeks of shows at any given time that we just, we just push one out every week and we just kind of keep that pipeline going. And we've been better about that it's this way actually although you get less of both of us together from a recording and production standpoint has been better because it's the first time we have ever been able to get a backlog going of you know we both travel for a week and we don't anticipate it oh cat on my desk it's <laughs> okay um uh that that you know that we can just push out a show that week and we're covered and we're not like oh we didn't we weren't able to record yeah this. yeah that's great for the audience to have that backlog and and it appears that they come out every week, no matter what, you know, right. so right. cool. Any stats you want to share after seven years of recording? Yeah. So I, for, you know, it's over, over 2 million downloads. I do know that. Wow. Um, if I had to guess monthlies these days, um, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 60, 65,000 a month. Um, it just depends. And, and so this is something else that's really interesting is we've learned now pod, podcast listening, believe it or not, is seasonal. Hmm. Um, people listen a lot in spring and going into summer. And then over the summer, 
people don't listen to podcasts hardly as much. Our, our stats go down very consistent, consistently in the summer. They drop off, I wouldn't say dramatically, but you know, 10, 20% in the summer. And sure. then pick up in the fall and then go right through the holidays. You get a lull in the holidays. And, but then like the Christmas break, everyone is on vacation and then you get a huge spike then. And so you can almost predict um, now, um, you know, trends and patterns in listening. So mm-hmm. even on a, you know, even throwing out like a monthly number isn't nearly, you know, we used to fret of like, oh gosh, we're down this month. But it's like after however many years of being down that month, now we know it's like, that's ah, a down month. And so now we tend to track on an annual basis more than anything. Yeah. Do you come up with a, a list of questions for your guests like ahead of time? Or how do you know what to talk about on a topic that you might not be, you know, yeah. an expert yeah. on? We, so we've been decently, so we, we do a, a good bit of research. And actually, that's something I would say for us personally, I actually really enjoy because it, it forces me to go learn just a little bit about everything, IoT, yeah. edge computing, cryptocurrencies, you know, whatever you, you, you name it, we have to go figure out what is the space, what is the, you know, the guest or that company been talking about. We typically like to ask, and it's, you know, some of the qualifying questions of a basic startup, you know, what problem do you solve? Where right. Do the market. And, and so there is a certain amount of questions that when you're talking emerging tech, you can just ask those. There is, there's, there's kind of the standard questions, but then there is the topical ones, you know, per category. Like for instance, we did one on industrial IOT and it was a company that actually did um, IOT devices for farming. And so wow. we're, you know, we're, we're asking questions of like, okay, how do you protect a device in a field from weather and pests and the tractor running over it. And (laughs) so you get really, really interesting things that you find in your research that, you know, kind of stretches us of, I would never even consider things like that. Um, And and it it, it allows us to really, I enjoy that portion of it, um, that, you know, I love the collecting data portion of any podcast without Mm -hmm. a doubt. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I think we're about wrapping up our time here, but um, I need to do some listening, obviously, to the Cloudcast, and um, I want to uh, thank you for you know being on the show and thank Cohesity. Uh, I know Cohesity is going to be presenting on the event that I'm um, moderating this Thursday, the Storage Megacast, uh, and you were on the Megacast recently, so thank yes. you for that. I want to say, was it? I think it was last month, March? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's all running together at this point. Yes, I was on. It was great. I had a fantastic time, and I certainly encourage everyone to listen. Good, good. And, um, you know, great tips on the podcast. I, I need to follow some of these myself. And uh, thanks for being on it. Where should people contact you, Aaron? Uh, the easiest way is through Twitter, um, okay. especially, uh, you know, I have DMs open with all the hiring I'm doing. So, so it's just at my name, at Aaron Delp, A-A-R-O-N-D-E-L-P. Okay. This way. And, and for the Cloudcast, um, you can just kind of Google Cloudcast these days, but it's cloudcast.net. And at the Cloudcast Net on uh, uh, Twitter as well. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on, Aaron. Absolutely. Thank you, David. Take care, buddy.